really Welcome to Superstitious and Cowardly, a Batman podcast for the Warden us all. I am John Pfeiffer. Chris is left to save Ryan, but the princess is in another castle. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Normally, in this podcast, we talk about Batman covering things from the early years, and right now, we've just reached the beginning of the New Age look. But considering that I'm on my own, I decided to talk about a one-shot today. And when I came to this conclusion, I wanted to pick a one-shot that, of course, had Batman in it, but was also something that was easily to get a hold of if you wanted to read it, and something that kind of highlighted current DC Comics talent. So I picked Batman Elmer Fudd. Way for me, which is apparently what the title is called, and I never realized that because I always just called it the Batman Elmer Fudd special. But this issue is so great, and that's why I picked it. I could have picked Brave in the Mold, which is a I think issue twenty three of the current run of Batman, written by Tom King, and has Mitch Gerald. I please, I hope I I know those names sound simple, but I hope I said them correctly. Uh, I almost picked that one. But then I wanted, uh, I switched gears a little bit and I picked the Batman Elmer Fudd special because it has Elmer Fudd. And it's written how Elmer Fudd would speak. And that is very interesting to me. Also, it's really fun if you have a print of this and you take this to like Tom King, he will draw faces on the cover and try to do his art. I'm doing quotation marks that you can't see. But it's a really fun issue. No way. Way. It's really fucking good. So because this issue is so much fun, and because I'm on my own and it's a nice one-shot, I figured let's do that for our one-shot. This is Batman Elmer Fudd, Play For Me. And I know I said it a moment ago, but the cover for this special is so good. It's so, so good. It has that title card kind of feel that you would see. I mean, you can see it in anything, but to me, it reminds me of like a title card for Batman the Animated Series, that still image. And it is Elmer Fudd with a shotgun and more of a, a much more realistic slash noir kind of style with a Batman shadow, pointy ear shadow coming up and covering the whole background that Elmer Fudd's in. And when, like I said before, when Tom King uh, signs these, he does little art, so He'll make a little, you know, make a little nose and eyes around the on Batman necklace and anything that he wants or whatever comes to mind. He'll do it, and he knows what he's doing is bad. It doesn't look, it doesn't look the greatest. It's not meant to, but it's fun. It's fun for him. I think it's fun for the people that try to get it signed. And even on its own, even if you don't ever get him to sign this issue, it's still really great art. And I'll break it down a little bit more by the actual uh, creative team that helped this issue. So Tom King's the writer. And he is the current writer for the Batman ongoing. And then we have Lee Weeks. And if I say these names wrong, I'm terribly sorry. We have Lee Weeks, who is the artist, did the interiors and the color cover. Then Lauren Kinzerinsky, who was a colorist. Deron Bennett was a letterer. Michael McAllister was the assistant editor. Mary Javins was the group editor. Joey Cavallari was the millionaire. 
whatever that means. I think they're having fun with it. And then Bob Fingerman was the variant cover. And the team, and I, I specify all these because the team that put this together works in comics currently, unlike most of the comics we've talked about so far. And all the narration in this issue is narrated by Elmer Fudd. But when Tom King wrote this, he wrote it as Elmer Fudd speaking. So it's it's written phonetically. It's just so much fun. And just so you get a kind of idea, it starts off with, Sometimes the wane comes down so hard you forget you've been, you ever been to I. And I, you know, the huh. I can't quite, I, I want to do that better out loud. And I don't know if I can, but he's hunting wabbits. It opens up in this very noir art style. It's Elmer Fudd walking through the rain, going through Gotham City into Porky's Bar. And the uh, the outline, the logos for Porky's Bar is Porky as a pig. But every time you see any Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers character, it's their human version of them. Uh, so it opens up with Elmer Fudd coming into this bar and approaching Bugs Bunny. But Bugs Bunny is just this human guy with some buck teeth. And Porky pours him a uh, few drinks. And they go back and forth in this very noir style. And it's very Tom King-like. It's very conversational. And it goes back and forth of, you know, I, I know why you're here. And if I told you I didn't kill that person, would you believe me? I did, but would you believe me? And they go back and forth a few times. And it shows some other shots of the bar. And you see the human versions of Tweety Bird and Foghorn Leghorn, and Yosemite Sam, and Taz, and Marvin the Martian, and whatever that one guy's name that had the singing Warner Brothers frog, I don't know his name either, but they're all there, and they're all doing these one-line, well, some of them are doing this one-liners, Taz is just yelling, and it's a great way to show them who they are, without, and, and kind of it be a wink, and you know what it is, but without being... I don't know, too cartoony? It, it borders this line. The whole issue borders this line between being noir and being serious and being quirky and fun and being very cartoony. At no point does this issue do a whole duck season, rabbit season kind of a thing. There's no bill spinning or anything like that. But it's still, it's still a very Looney Tunes type thing. So they go back and forth, Bugs and Elmer in the bar, and he says, I killed her. Fine, I killed her. But I'll tell you who paid me to kill her, this mystery woman that we don't know. And art goes with this last panel that shows Bugs' face, and he just says, Bruce Wayne. It's really great art, too. I don't mean to say that it isn't. And it goes back and forth between a few different people saying Bruce Wayne, including who we find out later, very soon in a few pages, is Silver St. Cloud. Apparently, Elmer Fudd and Silver St. Cloud are together in a weird Roger Rabbit sort of a way. It doesn't quite make sense, but it's there. And you can tell that something's going on and that nothing quite gels. And we go to a scene where Elmer is trying to get into a Wayne party as a limousine driver. And we see flashbacks of Elmer just professing his love to Silver St. Cloud, but that she can't love him because she loves Bruce Wayne more and there's a whole thing. And Elmer Fudd works his way into the party, dresses as a limo driver. Uh, he gets past Alfred saying that he had somebody sell from, from one of his bears, one of his clients, I guess. And that's how he gets in. And as soon as he gets in, 
he pulls his big old Elmer Fudd shotgun and shoots Bruce Wayne. And how he survives this, I don't know. Because when it goes to the artwork, and this is a couple things that kind of lose me is one of these things. And it's only just a little bit. It's a, I'm nitpicking on something that's really great when I say that. Is It shows Bruce Wayne on the ground, but there's no bullet holes. You don't see any wounds at all. You don't see any blood. You see him there unconscious. And Elmer Fudd leaves and hightails it out of there. And Bruce Wayne's on his tail. And when Elmer Fudd is sitting in his apartment kind of thinking of this love that he has lost, Batman gets the drop on him. And then there's a whole, was it, four or five pages of very little dialogue, but great art of them going back and forth and fighting. It's it's a very... It's noirs mixed with Looney Tunes again, and it should be. I mean, this is the purpose of these crossovers, because there was a Martian Manhunter, Marvin the Martian crossover. There's a Wonder Woman one. Uh, there's a few other ones that I, I can't even quite remember. But this is this and the Marvin the Martian one were the ones I focused on for me. And there's these scenes where you can see Batman's shadow coming up behind Elmer, and Elmer's smart enough to fire his gun backwards at him. And it shows Elmer's butt in this way that I never considered him as being a capable person in general and not being a joke character he's it, it's written because that's the way the writer wanted it to be but it's written as elmer fudd going toe-to-toe for a brief amount of time with batman and it gets to the point where they the uh elmer reveals his reasoning for why he attacked bruce wayne and it's because of silver st cloud and batman gets very upset because silver silver st cloud what happened what happened elmer fudd states that he killed him because bruce killed silver st cloud silver st cloud as we should know is one of batman's past loves we've explained it briefly on the show uh, she's made appearances throughout the years i think the most recent time was when kevin smith wrote her about 10, 15 years ago, somewhere around there. But it gets to the point where they reveal, okay, something's been mixed around. There's been miscommunication. Someone's setting us against each other. So they decide to team up very briefly. There's this great scene of them getting together and right outside of Porky's where it's just Elmer Fudd going, my name is Elmer Fudd. He's Batman. And we are hunting wabbits. But at no point, there's never a laugh. There's never a laugh. But it's it's always this great written but very easy to hear delivery i mean it's very easy to picture elmer fudd saying these things even if it's a much different take on elmer fudd and when batman and elmer fudd get into the bar they end up fighting the entire bar before they even get to bugs bunny who's sitting at the counter there's so many Warner Bros. There's so many Looney Tunes characters as humans that you can read this issue a few times over and you're still finding new ones. I just looked over at the page and I can see one guy sitting at the bar and you see the back of his head and he has black hair, but he has this very white streak down the middle. Like, that's a Looney Tunes character. That's obviously Pepe Le Pew. And when they get into the bar and while they're fighting all these people, they start fighting, I think it's Yosemite Sam and... They have this brief interaction. He punches uh, Yosemite Sam, and he and Batman says, "If anyone wants to play," and then Elmer Fudd finishes the line, "We'll play with anyone." And it's it's written in this very. It's hard to read the first time around, but once you get used to it, you pick it up, and it's so much more fun reading this. Then we're fighting Sylvester, 
and then we're fighting Taz, and then we're for- fighting the guy that had the Warner Brothers frog. I can never remember his name. I don't know if he ever really had a name. And they finish off the whole bar, and it gets to basically being Porky, Bugs, Elmer, and Batman. And when they confront Bugs, they basically are, well, why? Why'd you do it? And he says, because she asked me to. And it goes to Silver St. Cloud somehow sitting in the corner, and no one noticed her until that very moment. And that's probably one of the more Looney Tunes type things to happen. A character just kind of being there the whole time or suddenly appearing, whatever it may have been. And she explains that the reason this was all set up was because she noticed that Bruce Wayne would become a dangerous person towards night. And I don't know if she's straight up trying to say that she knows he was Batman or if she just had the the idea to just, just thought that he was more dangerous at certain times and she didn't get the whole story. And she says basically the same thing about Elmer. I fell in love with Elmer, but Elmer disclosed that he was dangerous. I didn't want to deal with that in my life at all. So I decided to set the two against each other, which is that's where it kind of loses me a little bit. It's because they set she sets them against each other. But with an odd reason, she just thought that they were dangerous. I kind of understand setting Elmer Fudd up against somebody. I don't understand quite of doing that much against Bruce Wayne unless she knew more than she let on and even then it still seems evilish but when she says you know I just figured you two would find each other she just leaves and they let her and it just ends up with these three people just kind of sitting there broken at the bar it's Bugs Bunny which I don't know if he was just helping her or if he started developing feelings for Silver St. Cloud. That's a a theory I've only recently developed a little bit in my mind. But it ends with the three of them just kind of there alone. So they order three carrot juices. And it ends with Porky Pig, the humanoid Porky Pig, just saying, that's all, folks, in a very noir type way. And it's great. It's a a fun, great story that's kind of sad. But at the same time, the way it references... All these things and brings them together in a very new way is is fantastic. I, I don't know any other way to say it than it is fantastic. It's a great one shot issue to have. It's not it's not a required reading at all necessarily, but it's fun to show what the artists and Tom King the writer are, are capable of. The artist being Lee Weeks, the main artist anyway. I know there's plenty of other people that wrote it. I don't need I don't mean to diminish their roles in this. But it was fantastic. And then the the story ends there, but the issue also has a little bonus story in a much more Warner Brothers Looney Tunes art style of Elmer Fudd hunting Bugs Bunny and then Batman kind of taking the place of Daffy Duck. And and that's fun. That's that's cute. And that kind of rounds up the issue. It it brings out this other side that you would have thought this issue would be mostly, and instead it it puts it in more a more minor role, which is kind of refreshing and nice. Great uh, story. It's a good way to introduce yourself to Tom King writing. Uh, there's not a lot of nine panel grids necessarily. Dialogue can be a little short at at certain points, but I think that's okay because it's a conversational style. So I have I have no problems with it. And this is one of those times where I'd like to make more fun of it. Like I want to tear it apart a little bit. I not necessarily want to tear it apart. I, I like to make fun of things and point out the things that are goofy and weird and to kind of go, what were they thinking? But when it gets to more contemporary stuff, I can't do that as much. It's 
it's fun making fun of things when I have the benefit of time and I can look back on them after 30 years and, and everything, but I don't have that here. If you don't have this in print, you need to get this in print. At the very least, try to get it digitally. I think there's a bigger collection of either this story on its own or all the Looney Tunes stories that they did at the time. I think there's four or five of them together. And you need to get this in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I got the first printing of the the actual issue. And that's that's what I tend to do anymore when I get comic books. I'll usually just I end up getting the first print most of the time. And then when you have the chance... You need to get Tom King to sign it. That's on my list of things that I need Tom King to sign, along with my 12 issues of the the entire run of the Omega Men. I want him to sign that, too. But yeah, they, in short, get it. And that is all I can say about the Batman Elmer Fudd special. Let's move on to the end credits and plugs. And coming next episode to Superstitious and Cowardly, I don't know. This was recorded in advance just in case we needed it. We are somewhere along the new age, possibly around the Denny O'Neill comic book era. So read anything between 1966 and 1980. Well, that'll get you covered. Something like that. You can find us on Twitter. We are at SACBatPod. You can also use the hashtag RobbinsRegulars or hashtag SACBatPod to get a hold of us. Or email us at sac.alfred at gmail.com. We'd love to hear suggestions for episodes or see artwork that you might have made of our heroes. Anything that you'd like to contribute, we'd like to be a part of. SAC episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you download podcasts. You can find a full list on our website listed in the description. And with that, I have been John Pfeiffer. And soon, Chris Winnie will return. Mm-hmm.